This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with Greg McDonald. He's the founder and CEO of a unique company called Bathorium. Uh, welcome, Greg. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you got started with the company. How, how did the concept all come about? Yeah, definitely. So my journey began, what year are we now? 2021. So eight years ago, I've been uh, I've been a forever bath guy. I've loved taking baths all growing up and even through uh, high school, university. It was always such a great place for me to like find refuge and solidarity and a sense of meditation. Um, but I never really cared what I was using. I was always um, you know, impartial to what products I was using, bath soaks, bath bombs, um, stealing my mom's oil of Olay pearl bead, you know, bath soaks. Um, and uh, eight years ago, though, I went to Europe and I was backpacking around, started in uh, England and Ireland and, and ended up making my way down to Italy. Um, and then when I was in Amalfi, uh, just on the coast there, I checked into this house rental where um, there's four bedrooms and the, uh, the owner, master, who was hosting us. And I was just checked in and exploring a little bit. And um, I went into her bathroom, which was this gorgeous um, all stone bathroom with a clawfoot tub underneath the window. So magical. And uh, so I go in, I start kind of snooping around. She has this like beautiful cabinet next to her bathtub and it had all these essential oils and clays and butters. And so I was smelling them and, and just checking them out. And she came in and she said, would you like me to draw you a bath? And at this point, I'd been in hostel showers for four or six weeks. And uh, I was like, yes, that would be incredible. So she starts making me this bath and she's adding in different salts and oils. And she had like a block of cocoa butter and she was shaving it under the hot running water. And she had coconut milk. And um, this bath ended up becoming my... Oprah aha moment. When I got in there and got out of that bathtub, um, I was metamorphosized. It was the greatest bath I've ever had. I had never experienced anything like it. Um, and that's what led to me going back to Canada. And I had to recreate that experience I had in an accessible form um, for everyone to try. And that was really the beginning of Bathorium. A uh, company set out to just create decadent bath soaks that are, that are clean. You know, no artificial fragrances, no artificial um, colorants or fillers or starches. Excellent, excellent. So you got founded. It's in Ottawa, right? Because your office is in Canada. I probably pronounced that wrong. Yeah, no, you nailed oh, it. Okay. Um, I actually founded the brand in Toronto, okay. um, but we moved to Ottawa back in 2018. We needed to expand and Toronto is just too expensive for industrial space in Ottawa still um, hadn't got to that level. It was much more obtainable. So we made the move. Excellent. Excellent. How do you find working in Ottawa as, uh, as having a business, you know, in the, in the retail world? Hmm. It's good. I think in, you know, we still have so many ties to Toronto, so we really don't uh, focus on being an Ottawa based local company. We really like to be more of a Canadian made national brand. Um, but the Ottawa community is great. I mean, the people who do know that we are local and we produce local and hire local, um, they love supporting the brand and talking about it and featuring us or, you know, for gifts and um, uh, just their everyday bathing needs. Bathroom really is a, a great spot for them. And tell me about the products, because I was just on the website looking and uh, there's a variety of products. So over you know the last few years, it looks like things have been developed. 
Yeah, we, so I found the brand, we only had bath bombs. Uh, in 2014, it was a very uh, on-trend product. So when I came back from Italy, I thought that would be the great vehicle to showcase the, uh, the products in as a bomb form. And that quickly changed. We, we expanded into uh, Crush Soaks, which is our number one product. And then we came out with bubble elixirs and a kid's line. And now we have different bath treatments and you know bath boards and accessories and um, everything to really make the bath experience leveled up. So everything that you're touching, you're doing in that bath um, is we want it to be bath orium. So it's at that same caliber and level and and brand ethos of, you know, when you're, you're using those products, you, you can trust it and you know, it's going to be good and you know, it's going to be decadent and indulgent. So the brand really has just stemmed from, um, the art of bathing and bath rituals and we're bath centric. So everything you find on our site is going to be, uh, around the bath experience. Oh, excellent. Tell me about the distribution of uh, the product. Cause it, it wholesales in retailers. And of course it's available online as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a pretty diverse um, sales channel strategy of where we um, sell the product into. Uh, I mean, it's kind of pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. They're very different numbers. Uh, pre-pandemic, we were hyper-focused on retail. And we really um, positioned our company to excel and flourish with other retailers reselling our products. So we partnered with really high-end retail brands like Holt Renfrew and Anthropology and um, the detox market and other uh, Canadian staples and U.S. staples for um, high-end beauty and high-end uh, uh, body products. And then when the pandemic hit, we really had to pivot. And I mean, that word is very over mm-hmm. overused, but it's it's true. We had to, in a matter of weeks, go from how do we you know, put, how do we become a more accessible D2C brand? We had a website, but we, you know, barely had marketing, barely had a sales strategy with how we, you know, acquire new customers and and retain customers. It really wasn't a focus. It was all 100% organic. And in the pandemic, we really needed to uh, get in front of more buyers. So our strategy really changed and we focused heavily on D2C and that ended up playing in our favor. People really leaned into self-care and uh, and and the the routine of bath really flourished in the pandemic. People could find refuge and they could find solidarity in the bath when they're quarantined with their with their family. Mm. Um, so yeah, those are our, our two main sales strategies for the Bathorium product lines. Um, and then opening up this um, the coming soon is our uh, Rio Center, which is our first Cadillac Fairview uh, location, where it's going to be a Bathorium owned and operated pop up store. So that'll be our first uh, time actually owning the experience. Oh, excellent. So uh, how long will the um, pop-up store be open at the CF Rideau Center? Yeah, tentatively it's six months. Um, It's our minimum. And then we're going to look to see how people respond to it, what the climate's like. I mean, everything really has been so up and down with the pandemic and retail patterns, as you're well aware. Uh, So we're we're playing it um, cautious. We've committed to six months. And then if we see that, um, there's good traction, good feedback, good sales, obviously, then we will keep it open. Um, CF has been a great partner to work with, and they're being very agile with um, our, our lease structure. Excellent, excellent. And there's probably a possibility if uh, the pop-up is successful to open in other markets like Toronto and even Vancouver. Yeah, that's our plan. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, the pandemic has been a challenge for 
pretty much every business that is looking to, say, source supplies or just get anything anywhere. Um, tell me a little bit about any of the challenges that you've experienced over the course of this pandemic with supply chain or otherwise. Definitely. Um, so, Beth, Thorian, we own all of our manufacturing. So we produce um, the large majority of all of our products and all our product lines. And with that, we source globally. So we have our coconut milk comes from Sri Lanka, eucalyptus oils from Australia, um, Israel is our biggest um, exporter of their dead sea salts. So it's become a real logistic challenge for my procurement team, um, having to combat this a supply shortage with everything from droughts to wildfires to labor shortages globally. And then, you know, that's that's the 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 best part about it because then when it gets onto an ocean freight. Um, there isn't a boat and there isn't in a container and the port congestion coming into Canada has created a lot of limitations there. So um, we've had to make adjustments to how we purchase. So where before we were a little bit more reserved in our inventory, now we're having to, uh, you know, two to 300% X our, our purchasing um, raw ingredients because no longer can we order you know, one pallet of a coconut milk. Now we have to purchase, you know, a full run, which could be up to a full ocean container. So we have oh. to really um, invest heavier because we a don't know how long this the global shipping crisis is going to last. So we really are trying to front load our inventory now. We're looking towards you know Mother's Day. Right now, we're buying for um, because we just want to get things on the ocean and uh, just to see you know to, to avoid any kind of raw product shortage. I mean, you know, you out of one, one of our main ingredients, like a dead sea salt or a citric acid, um, that could, that could put a halt to production for, for, uh, permanently <laughs> those are in everything. So we really have to, uh, just purchase heavier now and then choose also who we retail to. It's kind of been a big, um, part of our new strategy in a post pandemic world, much if we can say that yet, but you know, as we're kind of seeing the light or, you know, as things are opening up, um, we used to partner heavier with subscription boxes where we would pay, they would only pay a fraction of MSRP and that no longer is affordable. It's, you know, we, where before we had the margins to do that, we don't have those anymore because of the increase in costs. So we're choosing actually not to, not to partner with them until, um, until that's changed. And I think it's been liberating doing so. Um, and it's allowed us to not have to raise our prices for our whole wholesalers or our direct to, um, uh, to store consumers. Terrific, terrific. Now, and um, do you know who the consumer is generally in terms of, is, is it a female of a certain age or is it, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, any demographic information around this? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely women are, are our number one demographic for uh, for gifting, for their own self-care and personal care. Um, we also, one of our biggest product lines is Little Charlie. And Little Charlie is an oat and coconut-based bath soak for kids, um, specifically um, eczema flare-ups, psoriasis, diaper rash, any kind of um, raw skin ailments. It's a really great natural alternative um, when bathing them. And so that yields also a very interesting um, demographic of uh, young moms, especially who are more cautious of what's going on in their child's skin. I think in my parents' generation, uh, Johnson and Johnson was good enough for them and it's good enough for me. And uh, there's definitely been a, a big change in how our, and how um, can parents and consumers are shopping now. So they're really looking at what's on the label. So our demographic is um, definitely well-informed buyers. So people who actually know what our ingredients are and know 
um, you know, we are a higher priced bath product and we do that for, uh, because that's, that is the the name of the game and how we produce on, on our raw ingredients. So our product, the raw ingredients that are in our products, um, are, are premium and there, we don't, we don't cut corners when it comes to ingredient sourcing. And we really place an emphasis in, um, who supplies, who, who's our suppliers are, and also, um, what those ingredients um, are. So it just, it, it definitely yields a more informed buyer. That makes sense. Absolutely. And uh, looking, say, five years down the road, do you have a vision for where things might go with yeah. Bathorium? Oof, five years. It's funny because if you'd asked me five years ago now, I would never say where we are. Like, you know, I wouldn't be my wildest dreams be where we are today. So um, that's a difficult one. I think the future holds um, a lot of international expansion. So we have a fury of interest from uh, the EU and UK. They see Canadian-made goods as such a um, uh, a higher-end product, even just with the Made in Canada logo. They see Canadians and Canadian-produced goods as clean and safe and trustworthy and honest, um, which we are. So it's uh, there's definitely a lot of interest uh, there. So we're looking at some some expansion. We have to level up things like packaging uh, standards with different EU um, regulations, but. Uh, we're on our path there. So I think that's probably where I see in five years is a heavier move there. Um, also, I see us working with more regulated uh, products. So, you know, we're dying to work with the CBD isolate space um, properly. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of bath companies now that do use, uh, they, they use hemp seed oil and they call it CBD inaccurate, hmm. um, or they're doing it little on the, on the, in the gray market where, um, you know, you, you should be playing. So, we are testing right now, but we can't wait for it to be uh, go to market when legislation allows and definitely using more CBD isolates in products. Uh, it's an incredible bath additive. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, Bathorium's involvement with that. Oh, terrific. Is there anything else you'd like to tell listeners about Bathorium today? Um, I mean, I think, you know, it's Bathorium is really focused on being a clean bath brand. And that's really one of the biggest uh, takeaways when you try the brand is it's you, you, you don't have to sacrifice product experience for, um, for the accolades. So, you know, if you, sometimes if you buy like an all natural deodorant or hundred percent organic, this, you like, it's great. I feel good about it, but the, the, the quality or the use or the, you know, the, the, the desired effect sometimes isn't there. And with Bathorium, you really get best of both worlds because you use the products they effervesce into this like creamy cappuccino style layer. The water is soft. It's, it's like a, uh, a bath and a latte full of like, cream and oils and butters. And then it's also, you know, I don't like the term hundred percent natural. I find it a little too salesy, um, but it's true. They're, they are all um, ingredients that are founded within nature. So you really get ingredients that you can feel good about uh, and that make you feel good. So it's a, it really is a niche brand. And a lot of people told me it would never work. They said, you have to do shampoos. You have to do soaps. You have to do moisturizers and body balms. Um, or, you know, your brand, there's just not enough, not enough of the market wants just a bath soak. And I heard it for the first, I'd say four or five years founding the brand. And I said, no, I just want to be a bath centric. I want to obsess over that bath experience. And people said it wouldn't work. And um, so I, does anyone listening that is in that space of uh, they have a product and, you know, some people are, are the naysayers. Some people just don't believe in it, but you fiercely believe in it. 
um, you know, there's uh, the resilience there is definitely a pay, uh, it pays off. Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much. This has been uh, Greg McDonald, the founder and CEO of Bathorium. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Greg. And I'm Craig Patterson, Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider. Thank you for listening to the Retail Insider podcast today. Take care and bye for now.